I was thinking about this the other day, and you know, we're we're this is week two into 2021. Uh, excuse me, 2022. Wow. Uh, but I feel like you know we we sort of compared a lot of things to the medium uh, in in 2021, and I'm feeling like that's going to have to be replaced at some point in. 2022 obviously there haven't been like enough games coming out at this point you know two weeks in for us to be able to do that but i'm just curious like what are your thoughts vis-a-vis potentially replacing the medium as um our comedic game oh no no you say it's a comedic game that game is very serious no real, you, justin you know what i mean it is the oh, game that we special? compare every other game to throughout that's, the year that's what i'm saying that, like that's what i'm trying to say like we are we're gonna have to have a new one. Yeah, yeah. So, what? I mean, is anything on the horizon that you think could be it? Because for mean, me, I got nothing. I mean, like nothing that you're excited for in terms of like the no like nothing you work that for I think will be a clunker. You were just nonstop about the medium. You're like Justin. The medium's coming out this week. I'm so excited. <laughs> you just kept talking about it and talk. You you got your hopes so high for I the did. medium. I actually did. It sounds like you're joking, but no. Like I thought it was going to be really good, and then it was not. So like anything that's going to be like just a big like a disappointment. I just think it should maybe be this something is not the way to start like it, thinking about the year. But what's that? It should be something that we like know is going to be delayed. You know what I mean? Like something that we know is not coming out. Oh, like, sure, sure. Like Half Life, Half Life Three, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild Two. Oh, it's Hitbox. <laughs> what's in the fucking box? everyone welcome back to hitbox it was a fun little abbreviated introduction <laughs> but it felt right <laughs> um my name is peter hunts and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host justin matkovich how are you justin i am doing fantastic what, what a what a beautiful world we're living in it's january you look outside all the snow is just covered with ice it's like the world is my ice rink i mean i, I don't know about you uh have you slipped and fallen this this <laughs> cold january so far uh, i haven't yet but i probably was in the prime location to slip mm. during this ice over uh because uh i was at uh, the glenbard west high school this weekend mm. and shout out glenbard west shout out to all of our <laughs> glenbard west listeners out there um yeah. glenn ellen uh say hi to baronies for me anyway okay, uh, yeah. so they they're called the hilltoppers because their school is like a castle literally sure, sure. on top of a hill, right? Yeah. So the buses can't make it up the hill because it's mm-hmm. too steep, so they drop you off at the foot of the hill, so you have to go from the top all the way down the hill to your bus, and it's covered with stairs, which is treacherous on the best days, but when it's icy out, oh, man, it was perilous. Yeah, but you didn't fall? I didn't. I, I witnessed someone slip three or four times, Get There's their heel like stuck between like the curb and the asphalt. Yeah, I literally had to pull the heel. Like I felt Jeez. like it was like the like the sword in the sword. I was King Arthur pulling the heel out of the stone. I, I'm now sure. the king. I fallen twice. Oh, <laughs> yesterday okay, well. and the day before. I looked. Oh no, sorry. Today and yesterday, ah. uh, I looked like a buffoon. Yeah, uh, well. And it was on my driveway. Just I was so unsuspecting. 
I was like, oh, I'm home. Bam. Like an idiot. Yeah. Laid out I, in front of my whole neighborhood. My, one of my more embarrassing fall stories was I went to the dentist and <sighs> uh, I got, I, like, I literally like opened the door to like leave the dentist and I just fell. And it was to the point where they're like, they came out, they're like, are you okay? It was probably like a liability thing because they didn't want to get right. sued. And I was like, no, I'm great, right? So then I, I just, you know, I was a little wet, get in my car, go back to work. So I was like, Mr. Makovich, what happened to you? I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, your leg. And I looked <laughs> down and my pants were ripped and covered oh. in blood. <laughs> <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Well, yeah. hey, I, while it's on my mind, if you have any funny fall stories. <laughs> Let us know on Twitter at HitboxPod or send us an email at HitboxOfficialPodcast at gmail.com. We're going to be talking about a bunch of video games today. Uh, in a minute, we're going to be talking about E3, going oh. digital again, potentially. Um, the PlayStation VR 2, Dying Light, and the 500 hours of content that will be in it, as well as uh, taking a look at what's coming out in 2022, the games we're excited about Um and what might be our, our medium, our future medium. <laughs> uh, but before we get to all that, Justin, I do want to talk about a few things. Oh, uh, and we are going to be giving our review of the Riot Power ESL uh, controller for mobile devices. But before we get to all of that, Justin, I do want to know about the games you've been playing this week. Not super much. Uh, it was a little bit of a slow week for me in terms of video games. But I did, in fact, beat oh. Pokemon. Oh, congratulations. Shining Pearl. And wow. by beat it, I mean I beat the Elite Four and then decided the rest wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Congratulations. Um, So they do a really weird thing in that game because you beat the Elite Four. And I, again, I was struggling a little bit and I've ended up being like over, over leveled to like beat it by the end. But once you're done, the task you have to do is complete the Pokedex. Yeah. And it's about 150 Pokemon and... You don't have to actually catch them all. You at least have to see them all. And they set it up so I think you can do that by just playing through the game. So even like Pokemon that are exclusive to Diamond, you can still see. Yeah, okay. Sure. And Pearl by like trainers and stuff like that. So you can at least see them all and get them all in one in like a playthrough without doing any trades. But once you do that, they literally have you meet Professor Oak from the original. Oh, cool. And they open up the national Pokedex. And all of a sudden, there are all the other Pokemon from the Pokemon world. That's kind of cool. All the way before, I think it's like 600 plus Pokemon that you can sure. catch. So it like it goes from being like this very like tiny 150 size Pokemon thing to just opens it up like crazy. So there's a lot of replayability in that. Um, and they also have a couple like places in it. And I don't know if this is just for the remake or this was like it was in the original. But they have a couple places where you can go to capture all the legendary Pokemon from previous games. Oh, cool. Um, and I think you have to do it by like going in the Grand Underground and getting some like upgrades and stuff like that. So there's actually a lot of post-game content there. Um, it's just you certainly start to realize that maybe this isn't the, <laughs> the way I want to spend my time yeah. like grinding for this kind of stuff that I could just transfer from uh, my Pokemon Go account and get into this game if I yep. really wanted to. I think mm -hmm. Pokemon playing Pokemon post game is just a war of attrition. It's about it's about just like are you is a, are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna stick with it? You can do it. It's not hard, but are you gonna do it? Yeah, and at a certain point, I think too, like you run into this problem of of like it's a lot. Yeah, it's it is a lot, and at a certain point, like 
Pokemon has to take a real hard look and think like, should we just reboot? Should we just <laughs> should we just say we're doing 150 new ones and nothing is carrying over? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, are we gonna like go back in the past and like actually not have RPG mechanics in it? Are we gonna have to like throw Pokeballs in third person and we can choose to either fight them with our bodies or with our little beast men running around in this open world like Breath of the Wild world? Can I say, Justin? There's been a lot of haters saying that Pokemon Legends Arceus is going to be no good. That looks like fun to me. I'm going to tell you, it looks like the open world of of the like the wild area of Pokemon Sword and Shield, yeah. um, which was my favorite part to just explore and catch the yeah. new Pokemon in there. And I liked how great the Pokedex was to find everything. So yeah. if it's just like that, I'm set because I probably spent like 90 a percent of my time of sword and shield in that open world just doing shit so if it's anything sure. like that and it looks like it's a more competent open world than what you get yes. in sword and shield yes hey, that's all i need i'll be happy with it and that's like soon that's like two weeks i'm i'm oddly excited for it i've been i've been scrolling through my the switch eShop looking for something to play and uh really barren with new games i can i say you can color me surprised that this game has not is not delayed <laughs> I mean, there's still time yet, but like, there's always I, time. I, I figured that it was going to be like, hey, this is coming out in July now. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but hey, I um, I've been playing an open world game, Horizon Zero Dawn, Justin. Oh, I think I discovered why I stopped playing it last time. Uh, I, I don't like it very much. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, uh, oh and no! Let me, and let me say this: it gets better. It has grown on me, but. I think I don't like it very much. All right. Full step yeah. back. Why? I, a, a lot of reasons. And I think part of it is that it is, it's five years old at this point. I mean, 2017 feels like That's yesterday. It's ancient. What's that? It's I know. ancient. It feels its age in the fact that open world games have come a very long way in the past five years. Um, and it just does, especially these like Sony first party ones. Um, I think like I have done myself a disservice playing this immediately following Ghost of Tsushima. Mm, yeah, uh, I don't think that the story is very good, and and again, like a problem for me is I'm just like directly comparing it to Ghost of Tsushima. In Horizon Zero Dawn, I don't really understand what Aloy's struggle is or what the problem is, other than there are some people who killed a bunch of people. She's not, she doesn't really like directly related to all of that. They tried to kill her specifically, but like it wasn't, it didn't seem like it was a personal thing. It was just because of who her lineage potentially is or something like that. I'm sort of, I'm about halfway through, uh, by the way. Um, for like, I found out that something called Project Zero Dawn exists, but I don't, I'm on the mission going to find out what that actually meant. Um, but like, like, I don't feel that she is. The, her objective is not particularly clear and her character struggle for me is not particularly clear so much so that like every time she goes, I got to a new city and she in like five sentences summarized, okay, I need to go to do this because it's going to show me this and it's going to do that. And I was like, Oh, that's what we're doing. It just, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's doing a great job at making that like the actual, actually the plot of it, like particularly clear, first of all. And second of all, Aloy is a passive protagonist because things happen to her she doesn't choose to make things happen so 
there are some things that she chooses and like you you learn a little bit about about who she is through you know dialogue and whatever but she's not actually making a whole lot of choices that inform you about her character really in a way that directly compared to something like ghost of tsushima or even assassin's creed valhalla or something like that the main character Jin, makes a lot of choices that tell you a lot about who he is and he chooses to do things. Yes, things, certain things happen to him. It's a story, so sometimes that happens. But by and large, he is choosing things and informing us about what kind of person this guy is. Whereas in Horizon Zero Dawn, a lot of things happen to her and she's told, hey, you need to go do this. But um, she's very rarely the one initiating that sort of stuff. So on a narrative level, it's just not really clicking with me. In a game play level, I, I don't really like it at all. <laughs> Uh, I find the fact that the machines use close combat uh, uh, maneuvers by and large um, to not really work at all with a ranged with a mostly ranged based build for Aloy. Um, I mean, it's just backpedaling the video game sort of (laughs) where you just (laughs) sort of like consistently constantly like running away while these things are attacking you. Uh, and I never feel like I have enough breathing room to be able to line up a good shot. Uh, and I have just sort of upgraded myself, my melee attack, so that I can knock over enemies a lot quicker. So I can just quickly deal with them that way instead of actually engaging with, like, knocking off the different pieces of them to make them weaker. Because it just doesn't... I don't have the space to do it. I don't have the time to do it. Uh, and I've been playing it for... I've been, like, putting a lot of time into it. I'm at least 10 hours or so in a single week. And I get insta-killed very frequently <laughs> and I've, I'm wearing, you know, really rare gear. I've got really good modifications on it and stuff like that. But like the amount of times where I will walk into a combat encounter and get wiped within the first few seconds uh, without really having any sort of like way to counter the attacks and whatever is just, uh, it's pretty frequent and I'm playing on like the regular difficulty, but um, yeah. So yeah. I, uh, the, I, again, I haven't played this game since the like couple months after it came out. Um, okay. I didn't play it right away because Breath of the Wild, but um, the my my it's interesting that you're saying this at this point of the game because the story really hasn't happened yet. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I sort of feel like nothing has happened. I've played this for a long time, but like, I haven't like done anything. But when it does happen, it adds so much more context to everything that's happened before. And I know that sounds like a payoff, like, oh, God, play it for 40 hours. Right, yeah. And when you get that hour 40, it's good. Um, But, I mean, for me, my time playing it, I was engrossed from the story from the very beginning. Um, The, you know, the fact that they uh, have that really emotional moment um, quite early in the game like really kind of set me up for being like, Oh, I want to find out what's happening with this. And it was just like, this is the kind of emotional high that this game can get. And while I don't think you get that kind of emotional high later on, I think with how they set up where you are and the world and everything with it does pay off really well. And again, it adds so much more context to everything that you do. Um, And they also have a couple of like moments in the game. Have you fought a T-Rex yet? I saw one. And I ran away because okay. I don't like the combat. Because <laughs> I, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to win this fight. Especially because it's surrounded by other enemies. Right. right and I can right. I can override one. But then, like, that's going to not... It's going to take care of half a health bar for two of these guys. And then it's going to be dead. And then I'm going <laughs> to have to just, like, yeah, be just murdered. 
I, I think they're called, leveled too. Go on. I think they're called Razor Jaws. Is that what their name is? Uh, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head. There's Razor Backs, I think, which are you meet those early on. They're like like uh, jaguars or big ones. Jaguars. I um, like I like fighting the crocodile one because you shoot off two pieces on its head and then you light it on fire and it explodes. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I really didn't understand the combat system till I uh till I platinumed it and then I was forced to do some of those encounters, those tougher ones by like they they made you do things like find its weak spots and knock the parts off of it and stuff like that. Um and I don't know. I I do want to play the I want to play the game again, but I don't want to play the game again, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um and I think it's just a time a time thing, but I I I did enjoy the game. I'm sorry you're not liking it and I'm hoping um that if oh they're called thunder jaws like come on okay thunder jaw i mean it's kind of it, it, they're i'll say this they're cool they're, they look cool they sound cool like the the encounters are cool it's just that because they're all melee focused for the most part i mean some of them have like i don't know flamethrowers or, or guns on their backs but like by and large they're just like trying to rush you and you've got six of them rushing you at once and it's like uh, uh, <laughs> have you really used traps yet I, i've tried uh, but like for the most part, I am getting in, I mean, I, let me say it like this. I'm having a lot more success when I take the time to like, take a second, look at what I'm going to be getting into making a plan and then dealing with, uh, uh, the machines in, in order of like importance and who's going to be able to take me down quickest and who I can take down quickest and stuff like that in the story missions. But the problem is there's so many machines in the open world that you can't go anywhere without like just just getting in these brawls that that are yeah. not particularly fun. So those traps for me don't really work when I am being mobbed in just as I'm trying to like get to the next fucking objective, yeah. <laughs> which they conveniently placed on the opposite side of the map for me to run to. Um, or uh, uh, but but the, it does work a lot better when you know you're in these bigger arenas and you can sort of plan it out. I do remember there being a difficulty spike at the beginning. Um, but, yeah. Hey, I still like it. One of my favorite games that I remember. But now you're making me want to replay it again to it's make just, sure I like it. Like I said, like I think that it just shows its age a little bit in that um, open world games have really, really grown up in the past few years. I'm even talking like Breath of the Wild aside because I don't think that like these are the same type of open world game, uh, even a little bit. Uh. And I mean, even like the presentation has changed so much, so much of Horizon Zero Dawn, the animations are uh, like pre-programmed as opposed to like actors on a set doing, you know, motion capture, Mm -hmm. uh, which is fine. Like, you know, not every game has to be The Last of Us 2 or whatever. But even when you look at the way that Ghost of Tsushima takes care of that sort of thing or even Assassin's Creed Valhalla or whatever, um, it just doesn't it feels really lifeless a lot of the time. And I think that's just has to do with the fact that Oh, this game is five years old. You know, it came out way back when. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for the second. Well, like the second one looks like it just is going to take a lot of the issues that I have with this and, and change them by making that melee combat a little bit better, um, by changing up the gameplay enough so that it's not this like mismatched opponent that you're not fighting mismatched opponents for your abilities. Um, so I'm I'm excited for that one, and it looks I mean just absolutely gorgeous. But this one does too on the on the PS5. So oh, it, but it's also by the way, BT Dubs uh, gets extremely dark at night to the point where I have to turn brightness up because I oh, can't I do see that all the time because I'm a little baby boy. The enemies, yeah. Anyway, but 
Horizon Zero Dawn. I'll probably finish that next week and talk about it. Better than the medium? <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean... Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my I mean, god, Peter. Like, a little bit. <laughs> oh no. I mean, like, I'm trying to think, like... Maybe I remember the medium because it was such a big disappointment. I... I'm probably going to struggle to remember a lot about Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Okay. I I going to be honest with you. Uh yeah. that story, I didn't really remember that much of it. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't like I don't really know what happened. A- like Aloy is a character she's determined. Like that's a- I like her. I like her enough, but like I don't really I can't tell you like w- like w- what her character traits are other than just like she's a ter- determined person who is like it's red hair. You know. The red hair looks great. The uh, the all the outfits it. that she has are great. What's that? Yeah, when when she when she fights the bear at first and then realizes that the bear is her mom. Oh, is that Merida from uh, from Horizon? You had the chance Zero to t- change your fate. Pixar. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like in the opening, and I I stand by this. I think the opening like two like hour and a half of it is dreadful. <laughs> as you're when you're like the kid. Uh, walking around this like metal space is not an hour and a half, but um, I do like the like transition when you are uh, when there's like the montage of her training and then she like jumps and then it's her as a you know either teenager or young adult or whatever. Uh, anyway, what else you been playing? Far Cry Six. I see that yeah, on here. Yeah, just some more Far Cry Six. I, I I think I've lost the enthusiasm for the game a little bit, but it's you know it's not anything that you wouldn't expect from a Far Cry game. Sure. Which that is not the most ringing endorsement of it. But I think the thing that just is, is it seems worse in this game than other ones. It'll literally be like, all right, you get this mission from this one place. You got to go like 2K miles or Jeez. kilometers or whatever to the other yeah. side of the map. And it just feels like they're really bad with checkpoints and stuff. And sure, you can get a helicopter and stuff like that and go there. But it's just not convenient enough or really fun enough to traverse. And again, yeah. I said this before, said it again, could use a hook shot. And that's the problem, isn't it? All games now, like Halo Infinite said, balls in your court, video games. Yeah. Hook shots are dope. Hook shots are extremely dope. Steal a vehicle, easy. Yeah. Want to get, get, a, get a better vantage point? Easy. Trying to be Spider-Man through the woods? Easy. And fun. And fun. I've also, um, Elena and I sat down with Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. Ooh. Because we were like, I was like, I bought this and I think we should finish it. Even though it... <laughs> We didn't love it when we tried it. Uh, it, it gets much better uh, in the in the. I assume we're in like the second act, like at the very end of the second act, beginning of the third one. Second act is really quite good. Uh, I would not say it's better than Until Dawn. I would say it's probably better than Man and Medan, and probably better than Little Hope, but like not not like ringing endorsements. You I mean, know, this sounds like all those things sound like an indie grunge band. Little Hope. Yo, what's up? <laughs> uh, we're a Little Hope. And then, um, is is House of Ashes. That's the one when you're um, uh, the military one. Right? Yeah. Uh, I, it's an interesting setting. It is 2001 or two uh, in Ashley Tisdale, Iraq. Right? Ashley Tisdale, yes. Uh, and uh, I was worried initially. That, I mean, as we've talked about, I think on our episode where we talked about like six days in Fallujah, I was worried that this game was just going to use that as a setting and not really address a lot of 
the context of that war and the people mm-hmm. who are fighting in it. Uh, but it does because you have you've got one of the characters. His name's like Jason or something, uh, and he's got this hat that is uh, says "Remember 9/11," and he made it. He made this little hat, and he is a very like oorah kind of marine. And he ends up in an un, um, or at least the way I've played it, uh, sort of a um, unlikely pairing where he is trying to fight and survive with an Iraqi soldier, hmm. and the Iraqi soldier is like, "What?" Like they they have this sort of conversation about like, "Why are you here?" You know. And, um, I mean, he gives a pretty standard American answer who is really in support of the war. And he's like, I didn't do that, unfortunately, you know? Um, and, and he, he ends up asking him, uh, Jason asks the Iraqi guy, uh, his name is Salim. Uh, he asks him like, why did you, so why'd you join up with Saddam Hussein? And he's like, yeah, I didn't really have a choice. Like, it's kind of, they come to your house and they say, you have to be part of the army, which you see uh, in, in the game. But, um, that's interesting. Yeah, it, 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 I don't know exactly what it's going to if it's going to stick the landing. Uh, I but the fact that it brought that up, I think, is a better step than not doing that at all. Yeah, so. I mean, it doesn't take that much to no to like have an interesting conversation. I mean, even if it's as much as that, there's still that interesting dialogue that is just like making you think about stuff. Yeah. Um, so because I mean, you really see like. I mean, the, the crux of the game is is there's this military operation where they go to this farm and it's just like Marines kicking in the doors of these, you know, farmers who are not armed. I mean, maybe one of them is, but like it is it is very clear, like and the Marines are just busting into this house because they think that there are weapons here and there are just, you know, we know as people in the future, there are not. Um, but it, it kind of it really paints a, an interesting picture of like, this is pretty bad, huh? This is pretty <laughs> morally not great but uh so I, i'm glad that it is interested at least interested in having those sorts of conversations but yeah yeah so justin we courtesy of the very kind people at riot power sent us the riot power esl uh, mobile gaming controller now these are um they, they kind of look like they're Xbox Series X or Xbox One controllers, but they have um, a nice little phone stand on them similar to the, uh, what is this guy called? The like Power A MOGA mobile gaming clips for Xbox controllers. So like if you've seen an Xbox controller that has a clip on it, um, that's basically what these are. These are uh, built specifically for mobile gaming for people who maybe are looking to stream games instead of buying a console or something like that. Uh, we have, we've talked sort of extensively about mobile gaming and mobile controllers with things like the backbone and, and uh, our experience of streaming on other devices. I've, I've streamed and talked about uh, playing games on like iPads and stuff like that. But this is a cool way for people who are, uh, I think this is only with iOS. Do they have a, Android version of this? I don't they, think so. Uh, of this specific one, I do not believe they have uh, an Android version of this one, specifically the ESL gaming one. But they do have uh, Riot Power controllers that have Android capabilities. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, so they sent us these to to give little reviews of. And what do you think? What are your impressions of of this controller? Um, I I think. The more mobile, uh, the the more cloud gaming becomes a thing. I think the more these are going to be relevant. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think in terms of a controller, I feel like there are some problems with it from just a controller standpoint. Not even so much as a mobile controller. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, 
they have the like menu and option buttons on them yeah. that are kind of flush with the actual controller. Yeah. So I find it like when I'm playing and I need to press one of those buttons to like get to a menu or something like that, I literally have to like get it you my know, finger look for perfectly it. and look yeah. for it, which is something you never want to do with a controller. Like a good controller and a good like is one you just don't have to think about, you know, like yeah, no, you just totally. play it without like having to think about it. Um, and it, it's those little start buttons. They even have a little share button on it, like a media button that you can press. Um, and I feel like it's constantly just like kind of searching for where those are. Um, and the other worst feature about it is the um, the uh, the the D pad is horrible. Yeah, it's it's not as precise as you would want it to be right it's it's like a kind of like a circle circle one that has like little like like a square grid on it so you can kind of feel like the direction you're doing but it's so like it, it's a little bit light for me and it just doesn't like it, i think precise is the right word like when you're trying to use it it just doesn't feel like i'm actually getting the inputs right on it it would be like yeah. if i'm playing a fighting game uh i'm not great at fighting games so maybe i'm playing it wrong um i don't like to use the joystick when i'm doing inputs because it's not precise i feel mm -hmm. like if i use this d-pad for my my like fightingness it would not help me it would be just as bad as using a uh joystick for it um, yeah I i'm like in a similar vein, if I'm playing like a 2D game, so if I'm playing, you know, like a, a 2D platformer or something, I'm more likely to want to use a D-pad as opposed to like a stick because of, you know, there's just not that many uh, uh, points of movement. And it, it is missing a little that a little bit of that precision. And I think the hard thing about this is um, when you compare it to something like the Xbox Series X controller or, or you know, the, the recent Xbox controllers, it also has that D-pad with, what is this, uh, eight points of articulation. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's clear that it's going for a similar thing, but it's just not as precise as you would want it to be, especially when compared to um, the Xbox Series X and S controllers. Right, that, right. That said, I mean, I think I'm personally um, a believer that the Xbox Series X and S I'm just going to call them the Xbox controllers now. Yes. Um, that Xbox controllers are probably the best ones out there. I do like the DualSense a lot, but uh, in terms of like button layout and just comfort and stuff, the Xbox controllers uh, really do it for me. And the fact that this is emulating so much of that, uh, I think it's a like a very comfortable controller to hold. Um, and I also think that the, where you, the clip, uh, which is, by the way, removable for anyone, because this is, you know, gaming on the go is, is really what... what uh, mobile is going to be best for at least for for someone like me um i think that the clip is in a really good spot on the actual controller itself yeah. it's not too yeah. high I, I was a little worried that it might be a little bit too high or something but it's also uh pretty adjustable if you are depending on what angle you're at um in general i would say that because there aren't any like rumble um uh, in the in the grips of you know an xbox controller or whatever you do have those rumble like sticks that that shake around when you um hit something or or yeah, yeah anytime yeah. that it rumbles it, that's what makes the rumble so i'm trying to say uh it, it's lacking that so i think it doesn't have a lot of heft to it which is something that i don't love but i can also see this is in my opinion pretty good for someone who's on the go who's just trying to throw this into a backpack because it's not heavy you know it's light yeah. it is portable um the, the clip comes off pretty well and pretty easily uh yeah what's up and I would add to the heft thing of it. The c controller itself is really light until you put the phone on it. 
Um, cause I, I'm rocking in, uh, a 13 pro and not that that's yeah. like the heaviest controller ever. Um, but once you put it on there, I think if the controller was much more heavy, it would be really awkward to hold. So I think the yes. phone does weigh it down a little bit. So, which is, makes it sense that it is a little bit, uh, lighter. Um, but yeah, I agree. It just doesn't have that like good heft. <laughs> I would say also when comparing it to something like the backbone, which as we've talked about, you know, multiple times on this, on our show, uh, we are big fans of the backbone. Huge, huge. Um, I would say that the difference between like the backbone joysticks versus the um, riot power joysticks are similar to like what I don't like about the switch Joy-Con yep. sticks versus an Xbox controller sticks. Uh, I tried playing some Halo on uh, the backbone and it just doesn't work. Not yeah. necessarily because of delay. I mean, a little bit because of delay, but mostly because those joysticks on the backbone just aren't that precise. Whereas on the, uh, the riot power controller because it's you're getting that same you know precision of movement and and ability like that uh it worked pretty well for me to the point where it was pretty comparable to playing halo on a tv or whatever and the only issues were the issues that come up with lag and and things mm -hmm. like that um yeah uh, i think yeah i actually do kind of like these joysticks a little bit um, I like them. They're, they're smooth. Yeah, and they have that rubber grip on them yes. that just makes them feel like a little bit more responsive. But I totally agree with you that um, the backbone um, does not have like that 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 good joystick feeling, and this just feels like you're playing on a controller. And the way it's positioned, see, for me, I don't. I this is probably not the way they're intended to. But what I like to do with this is I like to play uh, before I like go to bed. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm like laying down, I don't have uh, a TV in my room. Plus, it'd be really rude for my for my fiance to like be playing like uh, you know Far Cry <laughs> Six on the on yeah. the TV as we go to bed. So I'll I'll like use this, and I, I I almost prefer in that format this over my backbone to play because of that. It just feels like a little bit more um, comfortable, more precise, yeah, precise uh, when playing that kind of stuff. Um, the, the thing that it really does not do well that the backbone does well. And I think one of the selling points of the backbone is the integrated, um, operating system that you get. Yes. Yes. Um, this one is it's paired with, uh, what is the name of that app that, that it is paired with? It is the Ludo Ludo map. Yeah. The, the Ludo map app. And, um, when, yes, you can download it, and when you plug in your phone for the first time, it suggests you download the game, the app on on your yep. phone. But if you don't do it right away, it disappears. It's I don't know why. Yes. I don't know <laughs> yes. why it was the case, but I could not like get it. Like I kept unplugging it, turning my phone on and off again, trying to plug it back in, but that pop up didn't come back. And I was like, "What was the name of that app that they said? What was the name of that app?" And then eventually, I like I had to look it up on the internet, be like, "Luda Map app." Well, wonder why I didn't get that. Um, and then you download it, and it's just like not integrated for this controller in a way that really works. Like one of the things you like get to the home page of it, and you can control it with your joysticks. Um, but it's like just this like blue cursor that like you can't like precisely move where you want it to go. It like goes yeah. to the top or the bottom. So like navigating the app itself is like not great. And plus the app is basically like a storefront. So it's not like you get a library of all the game, the apps that you have on it. It just has like all the things you could buy on it, um, or you could have on it. And it's just like, 
not the most intuitive thing ever um, right. to like go through, and it's really not useful. And if I am using it, I'll just go directly to the app rather the the app of the game rather than going to the Luda map app. Like I don't see a purpose of using that per se. Well, something I do appreciate about the Luda map app is that if you are going to be playing games like, um, I, I mean, just on the storefront here, they have Grand Theft Auto, uh, Liberty City Stories, or Fez. They do have walkthroughs that you can um, like look through, and it links to IGN, GameFAQs, and Wikia, which is kind of cool. Uh, so if you are, you know, playing a game that is a little challenging, or you get stuck in a spot, there are like resources for that. But a, a problem with that is you know exactly what you sort of said it doesn't have that for the games that you are playing necessarily yep. so you have to either be playing fez or you know grand theft auto liberty store uh, liberty city stories to uh have that work i do say I, I do like um it does have apps for similar to the backbone uh apps for xcloud uh playstation remote play and xbox remote play just right there you know it just makes it easier instead of having to go to those yeah. apps if you you know if they're in a weird spot on your phone or something like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I do. I do agree with you on that. Something that uh, I do like about this, though, in terms of working with uh, iPhones that the backbone doesn't do is this is perfectly usable with a case on your phone. I mean, and as long as it's not like a and uh, a 13 yeah. pro. Yeah, I do like it. It's like it's an extendable clip that could fit probably the I'm sure it would fit all the plus phones that they have, even the 13 plus. Yeah. Um, and it has no issue just like fitting. You can kind of adjust it left and right as you want. Um, so like I think it definitely. I got to be honest, the thing that the the I don't I having the 13 pro with a backbone doesn't feel secure even with yes. that little piece that they gave me but this one my phone feels super snug i can shake it around i can do it up i can like be upside down if i want like it feels like it, it holds the phone pretty well so i like that yeah and, and the, the and paired with that the like joint that because it's an adjustable uh the, the clip is adjustable the joint that actually holds it in place i think is really nice like it's really firm it doesn't feel like you're gonna break it when you're moving it but also like you know if you adjust your the, the weight of the the control in your hands or anything it's not going to move on its own it, it feels yeah. snug in there and not like it's you have to be in a specific angle for it um you know i yeah it, I, I do i do think that that works out pretty well so i mean overall would you recommend someone get the backbone or the riot power esl gaming controller i think it depends on what they're looking to do right if you're looking to uh play twitchier games so if you're looking to play like uh fortnite or well i guess fortnite's on I not on ios but if you're looking to play like a shooter or, uh i know like call of duty mobile or pubg or anything like that uh i would probably go with something like this because the sticks are a lot better for um that sort of precision but if you're playing something like your genshin impacts or i don't know they, i downloaded sonic the hedgehog <laughs> um <laughs> i downloaded baldo <laughs> on my phone did you really yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um uh, then then i would say uh well i also think the price point is worth considering uh this one the riot power esl 59.99 tax included like that is the price of the of the controller i think for the that price you are getting a pretty good solid controller that's going to be good for mobile uh for all of the reasons that we've said so far whereas the backbone it's 100 bucks 
And if you are someone who's going to be playing a lot of different games, it might be worth taking a look into the backbone, especially because of that app uh, support, as we sort of talked about. Whereas if you are sticking to one game uh, because you are a competitive uh, Call of Duty mobile player or, um, you know, PUBG or whatever for the, you know, the mobile divisions and stuff like that, then perhaps you don't necessarily need uh, the backbone, especially because of those more twitchy uh, controls that, that don't work so well on the smaller sticks. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it, the price is is the, the the major deciding factor. I think between the two, it's yeah. price and do you have a thirteen pro? Um, yeah, because I think again, I have used my backbone way less than I used to solely because of how my phone fits in it. Um, yeah, and I think that's a problem, and I think that's really unfortunate for uh, backbone because that is such a quality product. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, between the price and just it not fitting my phone, I think there's definitely pros to this controller and especially the way I play it. Um, I'm not going to want to put this controller in my backpack, the, the riot power ESL. I don't, I'm not going to want to keep that in my backpack with me personally. Sure. Uh, the backbone slips in really easy. You barely notice it's there. Um, but for just like playing it on the couch, uh, I, I really do enjoy playing games on this thing so far. Yeah. I completely agree. So uh, thanks again to the people over at Riot Power for sending us these. Um, if you're interested, there will be, I mean, we're not, it's not an affiliate link, but um, there, well, I'll put a link to the, to the controller in the description. If you're interested in check them out, whatever. So thanks again. Moving right on. Uh, summing up hitbox reviews really quick. Shit on something for 20 minutes. Give it an eight out of 10. <laughs> yeah yeah well, i mean that's the thing you know the uh it is a perfectly functional great controller but there are you know those little pieces of of things there so just let's talk about the news e3 we went last year that's so crazy isn't it it's kind of wild right we, we have got i've got an email that is like starred in my inbox that's like <laughs> you're in um you framed it and uh the esa has recently said hey um we're not doing in person an in-person show this year which i think is wise given the current pandemic landscape that is continuing to be our lives <laughs> um but uh talking to games beat the esa said that they are shifting e3 to an online only event out of concerns around the pandemic so basically uh the esa said this due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID 19 and its uh, potential impact on safety of uh, exhibitors and attendees e3 will not be held in person in 2022 we remain incredibly excited about the future of e3 and look forward to announcing more details soon now a lot of people i think have taken this to mean uh that like in-person E3 will never come back. I don't know about all that, but what do you think about it going, staying digital for 2022, Justin? Um, I get it. I think, I, I think it's, we're at a point right now um, where things look incredibly scary in terms of what the state of everything is. Yeah. Um, it's hard to make predictions right now. Like uh, I, I do a lot of stuff in my job that um, in the next uh, several weeks, <laughs> we have to make some big like in-person decisions about stuff. Um, and I, I felt like this year from the beginning, the at least this school year, it was going to be more challenging because it was going to be harder to plan for one thing, like going in person or digital um, mm-hmm. because you could easily like, 
you know, we all want to be back in person for stuff, but it'd be really easy to last minute revert back to digital. Yeah. And um, I did a conference that I basically had an IT for that was a hybrid conference in which we had yeah. people that could do it digitally or in person. And that was bad. Like that was like the worst case scenario, because not only did you have to have the infrastructure and set up the technology to do both. Ultimately, it doesn't serve either group as best as it can because of that. So kind mm-hmm. of like by trying to cover both sides of it, you make it worse and more difficult. So the ESA, if they would have decided to go in person and then all of a sudden things got really bad and they had to cancel it, they wouldn't have gotten that money back for the, conve- the convention center that they had. The vendors right. wouldn't have paid them the money to go there. Or uh, there would have been a lot of legal issues that I'm sure would have happened. If they decided to do a hybrid conference, how would that have worked? Would people still have to pay to go to it? Like, how, like would that be a, a profitable thing? Would they end up just planning two different conferences to like, do, have all the digital stuff and like the actual physical space? Like They just made a decision to not have to make a decision. And the easiest thing to plan for is an all-digital event. Yes. But that being said, <laughs> the conspiracy theorist inside of me thinks that E3 secretly was happy <laughs> by having to have a all digital event last year. Mm-hmm. Um because I do feel like E3 has slowly started to dilute itself with multiple different uh, competitors. Uh, I mean, Microsoft not being on their stage anymore, using their own theater to do that. And everyone kind of like associates E3 with that stuff. But these vendors kept pulling out. Big vendors, Microsoft, Sony, like they're not going there anymore. They, Did Microsoft they, pull out? Uh, well, they, they've pull, got their own stage that they... they the got their own stage, they, they, they kind of do that themselves and they kind of like... Right? Am I correct in that, or am I wrong with that? I mean, it's a. Let me say it like this: PlayStation does not show up at E3 right. anymore. Yeah. Microsoft does. Nintendo does. I don't. I don't think Nintendo shows up, but they still have their direct. Yeah. 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 As a part of the event. So. Right. Yeah, you, we're saying the same thing. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, but but like, it's already been something where like E3 itself has become a bunch of little things or, or big things that are kind of put together on the E3 weekend, more yeah. or less, and. That was when it was still in person, and then it happened last year in which it even got more diluted. And Summer Games Fest, not going anywhere. Yeah. Like, they could be in person, they would still have a Summer Games Fest. And I just think E3 was... E3 needs to rethink of what it's doing anyway. Um, yeah. Because how many how many conferences did you watch last year on E3 um, that were bad? Oh, I thought they were going to say worthwhile because I, I would say two. Yeah, and two were worthwhile. Were, yeah. Most were bad. Like, yeah. there weren't, it just, there's so many things announced and everything. So I don't know. I, I think if you ask me, is this a good idea for E3 to be uh, digital this year? I would say yes, because of the state of the world. Yeah. But I also think it's going to solidify other things trying to get a piece of the E3 weekend pie or week pie. Yeah. And it's just going to keep diluting this whole week to be a week long, unmanageable hellscape of video game trailers. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, it, it sucks in the idea of like, it's always cool to see live audiences react to exciting trailers um, and announcements and conferences. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, I mean, we are, 
big advocates for, hey, the coronavirus is real and we need to take it seriously as it is a very serious thing. So we can't be having these giant conferences and stuff uh, that require like international travel and like, you know, people meeting up in person. It sucks that um, you we can't do that, but that is unfortunately just the reality that we're living in. So I think it's good to call it now to set expectations. And so no one's wondering, um, but it, at the end of the day, it is disappointing that it, it can't happen for those reasons. Uh, and for you know everything you've said about e3 as an actual event it probably makes the most sense for them to do it this way and then reassess next year about even if it is safe to go in person next year will it be worth it for you know the esa to actually put that all together you know who knows depending on who who's going to be there so i um what do you say, Justin? You were trying to go back, trying to be, <laughs> trying to get back in, and uh... yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I'll make my little avatar again. Uh, try, try to to network by putting some cards and some random things. Yeah, I don't. I'll say this. I hope that's improved because I don't fully know what I did last year <laughs> <laughs> about it. It was cool. We, I, had, I had fun being, you know, a part of it. But at the end of the day, it was like not maybe well implemented uh, or made particularly. Soundly. Well, I think networking wise too, I still get emails uh, and contact stuff from being at E3. And I think that's yep. good for specifically some like smaller outlets like us, <laughs> you know, not that we're yeah. a news outlet, but like it's a way to get a foot in the door. And I personally would have a very hard time going to E3 in person just because of where it falls in my calendar. Um, yep. And this is a way to be a part of it without uh, being too difficult. So I'm for Justin, it for very selfish reasons. When, uh, if and when it goes back, and obviously we'll be invited if we're not hosting, um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll bring like a rope, like an iPad on like a Roomba, like like connected to a broomstick that's on a Roomba, <laughs> and I'll just Facetime you in, and you'll walk around with me, and we'll uh, I like it. I we'll like take it. pictures of the stalls and whatever. Yeah, yeah. If the Roomba uh, speaking, has a mind of its own. I'll be like in a corner all the time, being like, "Ooh, what a fun little." Oh, yeah, I'll just, you know, I'll, be, I'll be chasing you around. It'll be cute. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, conferences, CES, uh, I think just wrapped up this past weekend, uh, which is the was the computer entertainment symposium. I made symposium. that up. I don't know if that's true. Um, I don't remember what it stands for, but it's a big, it's you know, big <laughs> computer conference taking place in Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, oh, consumer electronics show. Yeah, I wasn't even close, was I? Yeah. I don't yeah, think yeah. I got a single one of those words right. <laughs> You're, I mean, in your heart, you it, were it's, right. Right, it's the heart that yeah. counts, yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. But for me, mostly it was uneventful from the headlines that I looked at. Other than the PlayStation VR 2, we did get a better look at it. So I'm going to just go ahead and read through these specs here. Um, in terms of PPE, that's pixels per eye, you have 2,000 by 2,040 per eye. So what's that? That's... You said a lot of numbers. That's not 4K. That's half of that. Yeah, but it's it's. But when it's right up next to your face, that is a lot. That's going to look pretty nice. And as of now, it's the strong. It would be the most powerful um, VR unit that you can get on the market. um, Yeah, gaming VR unit. When compared to the you know the base PSVR, that thing is running at 1080p, which doesn't look bad, especially when it's right up on your face. But nearly doubling that for the for the vr2 is going to be real nice it's going to have an oled screen which when compared to things like the valve index and the oculus quest 2 those have lcd screens um you know refresh rate up to 120 hertz uh valve index beats that out a little bit but what can you do uh the tracking is not done by a camera which was how it was for the 
um, original PSVR, which also makes uh, you ask some questions about why the hell do they try and sell cameras for the PlayStation Five if this isn't going to be anything with it. Well, um, and th- remember, I remember I pre-ordered the camera because I thought it would be for yeah. VR, and they're like, "No, you got to buy yeah. an adapter for your old one." I was like, "Damn it!" Right? It's it's so wild. So, yeah. I mean, did, did you get the camera? No, right? No, I canceled it. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it, it asks, it makes you ask a lot of questions about why that happened. Uh, but so instead, the tracking is going to be built into the um the headset and the the controllers itself. So that's kind of cool. Uh, yep. It'll have eye tracking, which is cool, which means that like, um potentially studios could develop games that are like if you look at something you are selecting it or like a character could notice that you looked at something or something like that i have no idea what the actual application of that will be but um it's cool because no other headsets do that uh it's gonna have 110 degree field of view it's got a you know it'll have a headphone jack it will be corded which does kind of suck i think that is one of the things standing in the way of vr becoming a lot more seamless and a lot more accessible um but the it's only a single able- cord this time, which will make it That's easier true. because, again, I hate to be like that person, but the way you have to plug it into your system currently is a barrier because you have to, you cannot, like my TV, my PlayStation 5 is set, is set up to go through my uh, 4K TV. Yeah. You have to basically run it through a different thing so you don't get true 4K TV image when you do that. So every time I plug in the VR, not only do I have to get those two cords in there, I have to rewire the HDMI cable to my TV um, and then change it back when I'm done playing VR so I can be hooked up to 4K again. Do you think it's going to be um, a big HDMI cable so you have to go in through the back, or do you think it's going to go through that USB port in the front? That's a good question. I'm not sure. I would assume it would be the the USB cable on it. I mean, do they have any kind of weird inputs on it? But I don't know. I don't know. What I'm trying to say is like I think it would be the it, it would be a great move if you could just not have to get back behind your PlayStation to set this up and just plug it right in the front. Oh, but man. I don't I don't know enough about cables to know if that's even possible. Yeah, you but, have to rub the spine of the PlayStation Five so it calms down. Yeah, so and it calms down and you. bite your hands off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yep, no, Harry Potter I'm references for for the the younger listeners out there. I think younger people like Harry Potter. Is that well, not you, read you it. would know? They've not yeah. read it. Sure, they're they're out here watching that Fantastic Beast movie. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> this movie suck. <laughs> no, they're they're all reading them graphic novels out yeah, there. Man. The Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Volume Thirty. Hell yeah! I read the first three when I was a kid, and I thought it was a trilogy. Apparently not. And they just kept going. Make that bank, Jeff Keeley. Not Jeff Keeley. Jeff like, Keeley. No, his name is like Jeff Keeley. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That'd make a lot of sense. That's where he gets okay, all his, his money from. His name is Jeff Kinney. Close. Like that's, like, that's close enough, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I read uh, the first one, 2007. Roderick Rules, 2008. The Last Straw, 2009. And then, wow, they really just keep on going here, don't they? Uh, anyway, sorry. Back to PSVR two. Although we, I could talk about <laughs> Diary of a Wimpy Kid for hours. Um, I got about five minutes of it. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll just riff. <laughs> uh, the the one the the other cool thing about this though is that um, the controllers they they call them the Sense controllers, which is cool because that means you're you're ditching the PlayStation Move controllers from the PS three. Um, and it's gonna. It, it seems like it's gonna have a lot of that haptic feedback. And um, I'm sorry, are you itching your head with a screwdriver? Yeah, a screwdriver. I just found one and picked it up. Okay, cool, cool. Just, sorry. You know. uh, so yeah, you're gonna have a lot of that haptic <laughs> feedback and the triggers. Uh, sorry, the adaptive triggers, the haptic feedback, and the actual controllers. And they also said that the headset itself is going to have haptic feedback, 
which is interesting. So like it could potentially simulate like wind like a head or like massage. Like it just like goes around your head and just. Well, that's the like thing. It's like what exactly does that mean? I don't know if like. I'm going to want things touching my head. I'm not one to get headaches very frequently, but like VR, I mean, like it's it that playing VR for ext- for an extended period of time for me seems like a one way ticket to having a headache. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Specifically anything that involves you to like do like crazy motion, like right. That so game. like, please don't touch my head. Thank Ooh. you very much. PS VR. What if you're like too. walking through a forest and you see a spider and then all of a sudden you feel oh, it gosh, on your head? Oh gosh, don't even. I would lose my shit. I would. I would like. Oh, have you seen like videos of people freaking out in VR and like just like running into the wall, like breaking a TV? That oh, would be yeah, me if sure. they did that. Well, so when I play VR, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before. Archie will literally cuddle up on my feet. Oh gosh, that's not what well, which you is want. bad for him. Yeah, yeah. But uh, alongside all this, they did announce. Horizon, Call of the Mountain, which is a... Pe- <laughs> what? It just sounds it's called, right? Yeah, no, 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 yeah. Call of the Mountain, it just sounds... Uh, it's a PSVR Horizon Zero Dawn spinoff game, which is a cool uh, a cool idea, I suppose. Um, in the trailer, I mean, it's a very brief like teaser trailer. They just have him looking up at the big tall neck. I think if a game series... Uh, if one of PlayStation's like first party studios would work in VR. I think horizon would make sense given the bow and arrow stuff and, and all that. I think the open world exploration wouldn't necessarily work, but um, I don't know if that's necessarily what it's going to be. Obviously it's still too early to tell. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about what first party studios should get or what first party titles should get a VR spinoff? Like, specifically a first-party game, I would say the easy one is going to be Ghost of Tsushima because I feel like that would be such, like, a peaceful uh, yeah. world to just, like, look around and, like, be a part of. Like, and you know, have those haiku cool moments. Fights. Can you imagine just having a haiku with the 3D yeah. words coming through and just, like, hearing the, the gurgling of the of the stream? Yeah. My, uh, my pick is Spider-Man. Now, hold on. Now, wait a second. Why Spider-Man? Uh, Halo Infinite up. taught me that first-person Spider-Man works. Okay. They do have a, a Spider-Man VR experience. They do. Uh, I've not heard anything about it other than it's perfectly fine. Um, but imagine being able to just... I mean, because like a, a big uh, a roadblock for VR is like movement feels wonky. But imagine if instead of having to pretend that you're walking around, you're just web-slinging. So like that could be a great way to make people projectile vomit. Yeah, I was going to be or, like, I would totally throw up. Like whenever I go to like those universal rides and it's like, yeah, they make yeah. you feel like your body's falling, but it's just sitting there in a chair. Like that's always like prime for me to like get sick. Yeah. But I think, I think Spider-Man could potentially work. Uh, but I also think that you would have to test the hell out of that to see yeah. if like, Oh no, this is going to make people very, very ill. But um, I su- assume we'll hear more about this horizon game uh, in the future. Justin, Dying Light 2, Stay Human. It's coming out next month. And uh, the official Dying Light Twitter account tweeted on the 8th, so two days ago. They tweeted this graphic that it says, 500 hours to complete the game, 534 to walk from Warsaw to Madrid in real life. Okay. Okay. Uh, And people kind of lost their minds over this. I I think that people forget that this is going to be a big open world game that has branching storylines that will require multiple playthroughs to see all of. Um, I, I do think that it is 
a little misleading for the tweet to say this. To fully complete Dying Light 2, stay human, you'll need at least 500 hours, almost as long as it would take to walk from Warsaw to Madrid. Um, to fully complete means to see every single thing, to do every side quest, to, I assume, collect every item, to do all the branching story things, uh, fight every enemy, I guess. Um, yeah, 500 hours for an open world game seems about right for a giant game as as games get, right? I mean, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'm sure you can spend 500 hours completing and doing everything in or something like that. Um, to people, I think, took this to mean that it's going to take 500 hours to beat, which is, I mean, ludicrous. They've <laughs> since uh, um, clarified and they said, note, it's about 100% completion rate. Most players who are in it for story and side quests will be able to complete the game quicker. It will still be a solid experience, though. And then, because there was a lot of confusion about this, they quickly updated and said, update! 500 hours is related to maxing out the game, finishing all the quests, endings, and exploring every part of the world, but a regular player should finish the story plus side quests and do um, quite a lot of exploring in less than 100 hours, so don't worry. But even 100 hours sounds like maybe a lot. Uh, they have since gone on to say that... Uh, they said it'll take about 70 to 80 hours to finish the main story and all side quests if you're not in a rush. What do you think? I mean, this makes sense. It's a big game. It's not going to be 100 hours to beat the story. It'll be like 20. And then, you know, you can do another 80 if you want of exploring and side quests in the way that all, you know, big open world games are. I think it is a weird flex, though, to be like 500 hours, friends. But actually, it's only like 80 hours at the most. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I get, I get it, I get it, but like, I, I think we live in a time where I think where something like five hundred hours, the only games that you would play for five hundred hours would be like the multiplayer games that just have like the Fortnites and the Apex and the, yeah, and the multiplayer yeah. ones you keep coming back to. I think for any kind of open world single player game to brag about being five hundred hours, I think it's going to scare more people away than not. Just kind of makes me want to die. Like, yeah, th think of your backlog, right? Yeah. I have so many games I really want to play in my backlog, um, and I got like two weeks till Arceus uh, comes out before I uh, the new games start coming. You right. know what I mean? I do. So uh, I think I. It's hard for me to say I'm interested in playing this game. I don't think I'm going to be playing this game personally. Definitely not at launch. For right, me, right. Especially with what else is coming out. But it's funny because I said the same thing about the original Dying Light, and it's been how many years? You know, and I still haven't played it. Well, and here's the thing: I've played the original Dying Light, and it is not much to write home about, in yeah. my opinion. This one yeah. looks cooler and better, but like that first one is—if you play Dead Island, like you get it. Uh, it's like Dead Island, but a less cool setting. How about? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And remember um, that trailer for Dead Island when you're like, ooh, what a tone piece. Where, where like, the girl falls out of the, the window in slow motion backwards. Yeah, and like that, yeah. that piano music. And then yeah. you start playing the game and you like can go in that room and you see the guy, the dad who's dead. And you're like, ooh, this is going to be creepy. And then it's like balls to the walls weird. It's after just that. like not a very good game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So we'll see about this. Um, we'll get back to you after we complete it all, all 500 hours of it. Yeah. You know us. I mean, do you have a game that you played for 500 hours? Absolutely not. My only answer would potentially be Overwatch. But that would be... That seems unlikely. I mean, 500 is a lot of hours. I mean, I even think about the games that I played. Like, it's a thing if it reaches over 100 hours for me. Yeah. I mean, on my Switch, uh, I probably played Smash the most. Um, Animal Crossing are probably close to the 100-hour mark. But other you, can, than that, you can check on on the Switch. The only one that I've hit 100 hours with is uh, Breath of the Wild. Ooh, I've been, well, 
my Breath of the Wild time is wrong because I played it on the Wii U. Oh, too. you did on the Wii U, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I remember yeah. playing it, going to Starbucks uh, with my Wii U, plugging it in, playing it on my Wii U gamepad. Didn't you have, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, you had a big like Home Depot bucket for all the cords yeah. that you needed with it? Yeah, so, I, you just, yep, you know. I, so I just brought this like plastic bucket and I opened it up. That's awesome. Plugged it in, sitting there at the Starbucks. Hey, who needs a Switch, guys? Uh, the Switch has made things much easier. And the Backbone and the... Um, Riot Power ESL controller. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, if I mean, I'm thinking like Persona 5 Royal, one of my favorite games of all time. Fi- if I had to do 500 hours of it, I probably wouldn't. I mean, it's just, right. it's a lot. Uh, yeah. And I can't imagine that the mechanics of Dying Light 2, while I'm sure they are fun, will be able to support it for 500 hours. Yeah, um, so I played, I played Smash 130, Animal Crossing 90. Oh, whoops. Uh, Animal Crossing, I got 200 on. Oh yeah, so. that just slipped in there. So <laughs> yeah, whoops. But and um, all all you did was like literally just uh, turn the game on and try to like you know pick the weeds up from your place, and that was another twenty hours. Yeah, there you go. That game is there so slow. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, I think it. I like it. I mean, I I could talk about Animal Crossing a lot and my thoughts on it as a game versus it as a calming activity but um that we'll save that conversation for another time justin mario kart 9 Uh oh they're saying it's on the way okay reports so let me let me read you this this is uh from polygon.com by anna diaz uh this article is titled and by the way you'll be able to find this as well as any of the other articles that we've mentioned in the episode description here it's titled mario kart 9 reportedly on the way this time with a new twist reads thusly a new mario kart game is reportedly on the way and this time mario may have a few new tricks up his sleeve according to sakaro toto an analyst with katan uh sorry uh canton games mario kart 9 is quote in active development and will come with a quote new twist he shared his comments as a part of an article on a 2020 gaming predictions for gamesindustry.biz um we've talked a little bit about mario kart 9 and how it seems like they would never need to make another one ever again because it just prints money for them. Just keeps going. Uh, and it makes sense that at a certain point, I mean, if you're a studio who's passionate about making the games, you would want to make a new one. Um, but I don't know if it's necessarily needed because of how popular Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is on the Switch. Peter, how do you make more money than a game that prints money? Um, I guess make another game that prints more money. <laughs> Games as service. That's what you think the twist is. You think that that's going to be their games as service game? Not quite. That's I don't think it will be is. like it won't be like a you know like one of those like pay all these microtransactions necessarily. But if you look at uh, Mario Kart, was that World Tour? What's the one on the phone? I think World Tour. No, World Tour is the one in your living room. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but the, whatever the the one the circuit whatever it is on your phone, um, that one I think. I, I played that game when it first came out. I'm like, oh, it's weird. You're actually controlling this car by just swiping a little bit. Okay. I'm so sorry. Just for clarification, because someone's screaming at their headphones right now. Mario Kart Live Home Circuit is the one that you play in your house. Mario Kart World Tour is the one on your phone. Ah, ah, so yes. You were right the first time. What Go great on. what great naming conventions Nintendo has. Very clear, very yeah. concise. Yeah, you were saying. Yeah. The new Super 3DS GL, GX Switch. 
Yeah. And it's not HD. Okay, but um, the, like, the way they have so many good, like, events in there that you have all these characters with really cool costumes. So, like, Mario driving around as, like, Santa Claus, right? Sure, sure. Mario as Santa Claus. In fact, any Mario character as Santa Claus, right? If they do stuff like that and they have, like, daily, weekly, monthly challenges that you have to play races and do stuff in order to get these unlockable things, that is going to get people to come back to that game even more than they're coming back to it now. Because I still think, and I'm not knowing this off the top of my head or anything like that, I think the reason there are so many people who buy Mario Kart is because that's such a good game to have with a Switch, right? You give someone a Switch, what game should you get them? Zelda and Mario Kart. You have everything you need right there. Single player game that will last forever. Uh, racing game that will last forever. But do people keep coming back to it as much as other Mario games? I mean, maybe I don't. Um, I was. I, this is just a me thing, maybe. But I, I checked my my game log. I've only played it for seven hours. Sure, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't think I've ever. I don't own it. Um, You're one of the few. <laughs> I know. I, it's just not my thing. I would probably buy it if like. I was having people over that were like, yo, we're going to play Mario Kart. Yeah. But I also don't have people over. So, like, <laughs> but like, what if, like, the, the, you know, like, if they do something that has more, like, cosmetics and things like that, yeah, that will just yeah. keep you coming back to play it. They have limited time events that they do something, like, maybe some crossover with Switch Online that just makes you coming back to it. I think the thing that it's missing is that ability to just make people come back to it daily to check it out. And I think. If we've learned anything from the Nintendo phone games, they do have that ability to make people want to come back to their games to get boxes and things like that. Now, yeah. I don't think microtransactions are the answer, but if they do, you know, would have like cosmetics and stuff you can pay for. Think of the Fortnite model. Like, how awesome would that be if they like would have those kind of skins for their characters that if you wanted to buy it, you could, but you don't have to. Um, I know, Justin, I know, I know what I'm saying. Buy microtransactions, please. But what you just said actually makes a lot of sense, and I was actually sort of hedging my bets on Splatoon 3 being their live service game. But I think to exactly your point, Mario Kart is like, when that game comes out, people are just going to buy it because it's Mario Kart. Mario Kart is a lot of fun. Yep. Splatoon 3, I think, is not does not have that widespread popularity that Mario yep. Kart does. Um, so you, that actually makes a lot of sense. I thought that the twist might be graphic nudity because they sort of teased it in uh, Mario Kart, uh, uh, sorry, Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. By having him run around piece. in a swimsuit. Yeah. Uh, sort of confirming that he is a mammal. Um, so I thought that, you know, there was going to be like an M rated version of the of the games coming out. But that does make sense. He Your is a mammal, but he sense. just, he still looks like a beast next to those new donkers. Oh, he's not a human. What, what is he? Oh, hold on. Let me, to the Mario wiki. Beep, 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 beep. I just hope, like, one day, like, Nintendo, you're, like, you're playing as Mario, he finishes a big fight, sighs, like, a, a sigh of relief, and he pulls off, like, a mascot helmet, and it's just, like, a normal new donker underneath, like, a mascot outfit. Wait, hold on. So, oh, it does say that they're human. They used to not be. Or there's something that is, like, <laughs> says that they're not human, that they're, a, like, Nintendus is something. Anyway. Uh, I guess it's not important. Uh, you got to get that checked out. I got an attendance once. I got to some <laughs> surgery. L O L. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think that your thing makes a lot of sense. Uh, 
especially with the way that they're saying with a twist, yeah, it would make sense that it's Mario Kart is exactly how it is, but you have those, you know, weekly, daily challenges um, with a, you know, potentially a more uh, an emphasis on having cosmetics and cl- uh, collectible stuff because they've already made like customizable cars, I think, right? Like you can swap yeah, out yeah. like wheels and stuff like that. So it would make sense if you could, you know, do a decal that's for Legend of Zelda or I mean, I think Link is a playable character in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The, uh, so they they were they were having Mario Kart Ultimate uh, trending, I think, when this came out because people were very adamant about not wanting this to turn into Smash Brothers. When you have a bunch of random characters in it, they wanted to keep it to Mario. They didn't want to bring other other people into it. Um, okay, I don't know. I, I think what's wrong with having Snake in his little kart racing Mario? Like, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that makes it more interesting to have those character reveals like a Smash Brothers game. That's the thing. Like, if you just get the whole Smash ultimate roster in mario kart like right okay they're Sakurai's on their, they're on their literally break just like, like throw his arms up and quit everything he's like i'm not doing this again guys i can't do it that would actually be fun though having everyone i don't know i think that would be fun yeah i think i think that would be awesome i mean to me as someone who's played smash as much as i have the more you make it like smash the reason i go back to smash i love the spirit events that they have i constantly do that whenever they have a new character i'll come back in play it for a bunch so you know, ultimately, the more you get people back in, the more people will spend in the game, the more people will play it. So, yeah, I like that, Justin. I like that a lot. Let's talk about 2022, the year we're in now. Oh, geez. I we, remember when I was 2022. Uh-huh. I was 2022 two years ago. I'm turning into a mummy. I can feel myself slowly. The pan- I was 2022 at the start of the pandemic. I was not 20. I was 22 at the start of the pandemic, <laughs> like freshly 22. And I blinked and I'm 24. I hope anyway. Uh, the next thing you know, t- you'll be 62 like me. It is. You know, Justin, our, our friendship is very interesting. The fact that you are a very more uh, like a Maury esque character. And I'm the guy who wrote Tuesdays with Maury. And <laughs> like this podcast is just a way of me documenting our times together before you accept your death. And I'll live on. And then I'll have a movie narrated by Oprah. Um, I think that happened. And that happened though, right? I'm going to trust you on that one. I believe I think that's you. what happened with Tuesdays with Maury. Probably. Um, let's talk about the future. Let's talk about looking <laughs> ahead. So um, our crossover episode with Button Mashing 101, by the time you're listening to this, may be out or it might be coming out in the next few days here, uh, depending on what scheduling is like with them. But we are also going to be hopping in with them to do a fantasy draft of the game's coming out. So we're going to be getting into that a little bit uh, in more depth, potentially as, um, as we, when we record that episode, but right now we're not going to do that. We're going to be talking, talking about the games that we're looking forward to in the upcoming year. Yeah. Aside from what we think their Metacritic score will be, which is, I think how that draft works. Um, But just personal preference. And then also I do want to talk about Justin, which companies are going to have the best year Sony, Nintendo, or Microsoft. But before we get to that, I just want to hear, what are some games you're looking forward to, man? So, uh, Game Informer has this wonderful list of all the video games that are uh, being released in 2022. And to be honest, a lot of the games that are officially announced date-wise are pretty scant. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, I mean, a couple of the ones, you know, kind of starting with uh, January... Uh, January is not the best month for video games, it looks like, for me. Very rarely is, I feel. 
Yeah, uh, which I feel like is a miss. Like, I, I'm literally craving, and I guess maybe I'm wrong here for doing this because maybe people are playing games that they get over Christmas or whatever, but I want to play new games right now, and there's really not much new out. Um, it would be a power move if a if a major studio were, was like, you know, Halo Infinite or Starfield or God of War January 1st. Yeah. Boom. A power move, like 100%. Yeah. That is a, that is kind of cool but you were saying so but there there are still f- some games to look forward to um i think the one i am the most intrigued by and i probably will buy um once reviews come out uh is pokemon legends arceus 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 i've heard it arceus but i also arceus can see why it could be arceus or arceus mm. whatever pokemon I know, I know legends arceus yeah um I'm interested in that game. Uh, Me too. We, we were talking about it earlier. Um, I I I see potential for this game to be bad. Yeah. I don't necessarily see potential for this game to be amazing. I would agree. I but think I think that it. Yeah. Go ahead. At the very least, it's going to give hopefully a look into where Pokemon is going. Because, uh, you know, at, with uh, Sword and Shield, there was a lot of controversy. Controversy is maybe the wrong word. Oh, it, was, it was a big deal that people were saying, like, this is the same game. This is the same thing. And uh, people were hoping for a Breath of the Wild-esque shakeup for the Pokemon series now that it was coming to home consoles on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so this seems like that might be that. Whether it will be or not, I think, is still to be seen. As you said, I don't know if it's going to be fantastic in the way that the trailers make it look like it could be fun, but maybe not like, you know, jaw dropping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas it will, I think serve as a good look into, Hey, here's what, uh, uh, game freak sees in the future of Pokemon. Yep. Which could be cool. Yeah. So I'm there with uh, you. Uh, in terms of other games that are announced, what do you, what do you got? Uh, f- from January, I want to play paparazzi. What is paparazzi? It's a game when you photograph puppies. Oh, this was at I think the the uh, 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 wholesome direct at E three maybe. Uh, I'm wherever into that. it is, it's it's had a place in my heart. Uh, I think I've learned I've loved photography games for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. I'd be that person who likes them. Uh, but if I just get to have a dog, put some cute outfits on it, some take some pictures of it, I think there's nothing wrong with that game. And Justin, Justin, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is coming to Xbox Game Pass day one. It, oh, I, I have to be sad. I am a little sad. It doesn't look like it's coming to Switch. Seems like the perfect game for the Switch, but uh, but if it's on Game Pass, man, I'll be cloud streaming that bad boy. I was gonna say like like Riot Power ESL. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Paparazzi actually does. I'll probably pick that up January twentieth. That's weekend some change, and then. Eight days later, the 28th, his uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus comes out. Yeah, so I'll have eight days to master that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dying Light 2, colon, stay human. Actually, I don't think there's a colon. I think it's just Dying Light 2, stay human, which is just a sentence almost. Peter, everyone um, has a colon, so. Uh, not everyone. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Dying Light 2, stay human. Uh, I think I'm going to skip until later. Unless people yeah. are like, you gotta play this game. I think I'm gonna sit I, it out I, for a minute. It would be one of those things. Like I, I often find myself not being interested, and then by watching some people do like let's plays and stuff like that, sometimes I might get into it. But yeah, 
I don't know, park parkour running around, running away from zombies. I don't know if that's what I'm feeling like at the beginning of February. Yeah, especially when just a few days later, Sifu comes out. You hear about this game? Oh, yes, the Sifu, the the old, the young man turning into an old warrior. Yes, yes. Um, I think that looks pretty sweet. Uh, from what I've heard from like the previews, people are like, yeah, I had an hour, like I, I could play an hour of the campaign or whatever, and I just played it eight times because it's really good. <laughs> so like that seems pretty cool. That seems promising enough. Um, I, it, it depends on how, I mean, obviously it is a martial arts game, but I'm curious how much of like fighting game DNA it's going to have. Cause if it has fighting game DNA, I'm probably going to be turned off by it. But if it has, if it's a little bit different then I, I think I'll be into it, but it really depends. Yeah. I think, um, I think this has gotten a lot of positive buzz so far. So yeah. Um, again, will I get it day one? I cannot say it's a game I'm super, I've been looking forward to, but it's definitely circled on my, on my list of things to look at this year. Sure. PlayStation exclusive. Later. Yes. And, and on the PC. Well, but I'll probably play it on PlayStation 5. We don't count um, the PC in this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Crossfire X comes out February as well. That's the that's the one, the campaign's being made by Remedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm probably not going to pick that one up on the day it comes out, but it's still interesting enough to, it depends on like how much Remedy stuff is in it. If it's like weird, then yeah, I'll probably try it out because uh, I like a weird story. But if it's just a, you know. Wait, wait, is this going to be shooter. our new medium? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah sure yeah but whatever that's fine that's early enough in the year because medium was like february as well or maybe it was yeah. january um so it, the medium was like one of the first games of 2021 i played um wow was, yeah takes you back uh, doesn't it it was that and it was uh destruction all-stars um later in the month obviously you got horizon forbidden west which we'll play and talk about i'm sure uh i mean otherwise then what the hell am i playing horizon zero dawn for <laughs> Uh, enjoyment uh, and then, love happiness uh, thunder jaws only only some Clap of those trap. i'm getting out of the game claptrap if he was running around it would make this game infinitely worse can you imagine that um, that'd be awesome i do not like that character <laughs> i think characters that are meant to be annoying for the sake of being annoying are still annoying you know what i mean well it's, it's like, funny that I you're s- on a podcast with me then no justin i, f- I like you no Aww. no elden ring comes out in Dece- on february 25th uh are we playing that probably right just to like see what's I, up I, and talk that'll about be it a game i will play and even if it's good and amazing i won't finish but i'll be part of that conversation this will be my i have a feeling this will be my returnal of 2022 well, that's the thing right i have uh, over the last year i played a few games that i thought i wasn't going to be able to beat but i beat elden ring i don't know if i'm going to be able to beat i don't like i don't think i think it's too obtuse and i've no. What's that? You don't beat Elden Ring. Elden Ring Elden beats be- you. Ring beats you. Yeah. 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 No, that's actually fair. But uh, other than that, uh, moving on to March. Wait, but uh, but back in February, this game Martha is dead. Is that just like Superman and Batman going at it? <laughs> I Justin, you say that. I'm gonna guarantee every review <laughs> mentions Superman and Batman and how Martha <laughs> being dead uh, is the whole thing. Uh, this is it's like a horror game, I think. Um, there were some previews of it, I think, like September, oh, August. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, pe- people spoke positively enough about it, um, but I don't know if it's going to be, this could be our medium, actually, as a horror game, but uh, mm. we'll see We'll see if I if I grab that guy. Uh, it's coming on basically everything, so 
because it's coming out on Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One and PC, there's always the opportunity for it to be like, oh, and surprise, hmm. it's coming out on Game Pass later in the Not year. Not Switch, so. though. That's strange. No, it's almost like the Switch is hmm. doesn't have great hardware in it. Huh. Um, in March, you got Triangle Strategy, which I know you'll probably be into, yeah? I might. Um, it, Again, it's like uh, a little bit more of the like strategy kind of uh, Fire Emblem type of gameplay. Uh, the story mm-hmm. was pretty interesting, though. I would be, I, w- I was a little, little caught off guard by how much I was interested in that story. Uh, when Damn. I was playing the the uh, uh, the demo for it, but um, knowing me, I'll buy it. Pro- probably every game we've mentioned, I'm gonna buy like day one and just like be a broken, broke human being. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, a lot of these things, like I'll probably wait, and then it'll be like, oh, this is on Game Pass. Oh, cool. You know, like six months down the line. Yeah, like, oh, cool. Yeah. I meant to pick up, uh, you know, whatever. Um, Crossfire uh, t- X. And Tiny didn't. Tina's Wonderland. Interested in that one? No, I'm not a Borderlands kind of guy, really, at mm. all. I just find, like like I said, with Claptrap, like, annoying. Like, when a character is like, oh, they're supposed to be annoying. It's like, well, I, I still think that's annoying and irritating. Like, you know, <laughs> like, like all, all these characters are supposed to be grading. Oh, yeah, but they are grading. Uh, loose spoiler uh, in Halo Infinite when you get to like shoot the the guilty spark character. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. He comes back the second time, like it's more powerful. That was kind of an annoying boss fight, but it was still fun all the same. Yeah, yeah, that's that campaign. <laughs> that campaign is my new the medium. <laughs> that's not true. Oh, I love no, that campaign. It was fine. The, we'll go the, back to this. The, love is a strong word, and I gave it to it. That's that's fair. I mean, yeah. you can like it if you like it. It just didn't do anything for me. It's for Spoken. It'll be in May. Um, oh, you forgot. You forgot. Tunic coming to Game Pass. Oh, oh is it Game Pass? I don't know if it's Game, it Game Pass, Pass actually in March. But it is a Microsoft X exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. No, that's uh, that has the positive. I think any game that's like going to be coming exclusively to these platforms, I'm always like, it might be on Game Pass. Um, we'll see about Tunic. Uh, if it's if people. It really depends. If it's more Death's Door than it is Zelda, then maybe not. But if it's more Zelda than Death's Door, then I'll try it. Are you um, going to try out uh, Strange as a Par- Paradise, Final Fantasy, Chaos slash Origins? Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, like... endorsement. I mean, like, everything I've seen about it is, like, this game is going to be a hot mess. And, like, the, it's the kind of thing that I want to see from my own eyes. Um, you saw him playing Limp Biscuit, right? Yeah, I mean, I I played that. Uh, I played the the uh, demo of it. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, because you said um, it's a little it, bit more Dark Soulsy. Yeah. Oh, it's one hundred percent Dark Souls, but more actiony. Um, how you have to choose your weapon, which is kind of like your art style and stuff. It like feels yeah. intentional. Um, and then you really feel like when you mastered it. I feel like when I play Dark Souls, it's like you're working around the mechanics, but when mm-hmm. I mastered that boss battle at the end of it, I felt like I was like, I felt like I was doing it right. Sure, that's fair. So, um, I, I will probably buy that when it comes out for to the sake of talking about is it coming to switch no no (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i I will probably want to see what the what the buzz is with that guy but um yeah we'll we'll see if i complete it (laughs) um other way yeah we got forspoken coming in may which we've talked about a little bit uh saints row which we've also talked about i'm probably not gonna pick 
that one up. Uh, for Spoken, I probably will. It depends on what else is sort of coming around. Yeah, I mean, in um, May, I mean, time. we don't know what's coming out in May, but I would assume that for me, that's a good time to play a game like that. And hey, if it's a fun little open world game, I mean, that's the kind of game I play and I like. So I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that will be right up my alley. Even though people said it was lame looking, like the, the voice acting and stuff, they, look, they said it looked lame. I thought it was a little cringy. Hey. But like. That's my middle name. I got I got some advice recently. Uh, do not kill the part of you that cringe it. Oh, wait. Do not p- kill the part of you that is cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes. Ooh. I mean, like, it just makes life a lot more wow. enjoyable. That's good yeah, advice. So Who I'm, gave it to you? Uh, the internet. A tweet. <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 My real dad, proverb. the internet, taught me everything <laughs> I know. Yeah, an internet proverb once said... <laughs> Kill the part of you that cringes. Do not. Yeah, so I learned how to tie a tie. The internet. I went to my dad. He's like, I don't know. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that the guy. There was a single man who taught me how to tie a tie, and I don't know his name, but he is on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and I will never forget him, but I did forget his name. But uh, in November, <laughs> Starfield comes out. Uh, that's probably the, my most anticipated game, Starfield. Uh, I'm quite excited for it. See, it's hard for me to be excited about it because I've seen so little. Right. Yeah, like, but that's kind of their MO. They don't really show yeah. much, like, you know, so far out. But I, if, if, it is, if it is the mechanics I like about Skyrim and the ones I like about Fallout, but to a new setting, then, yeah, I'll be in. I'll be in. I hope it's not yeah, broken I, in the same way that those games are, but it probably will be. Hey, when it's broken, it's fun. Put a bucket on your head, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, people are still playing Skyrim. I still like Skyrim. I would have played the PS4, or I, I have the Xbox version, so I probably played the Xbox Series X version uh, if I had my disc sitting around somewhere. Uh, I didn't, but that might have been good in terms of playing video games that I need to for work. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i I'm looking forward to that in a major way. Games that ha- don't have release dates. I'm just going to rattle through these, and we are going to talk about them as they come. Ghostwire Tokyo. Gran Turismo 7, um, Goodbye Volcano High, God of War Ragnarok, Stray, Chia. They're thinking that Final Fantasy 16 might be coming out this year. Uh, I think that seems unlikely given the fact that they recently said, hey, we have had about a six-month delay um, on that on that game so i'm imagining that that might be in the first half of 2023 but who knows um what else we got uh, um one game that i would recommend you play at some point um preferably not after a really great third person open world game uh would be um for you to try out a plague tale innocence mm, um i really enjoy world? that game the worst thing i did though is play it immediately after the last of us part two don't recommend yeah. doing that because that was like cream of the crop plague tale good game not that um but i'm excited for the sequel to come out i I think uh all of the lessons they learned from that first one which came out what 2019 so not that long ago but i think the lessons they learned in making that game i think are going to make this game awesome and superb so uh try out try out the first one and then i'm hoping that this one will be good i will uh i will do that that actually is one that looks interesting to me and um yeah, I, it's just one that I missed, uh, and I'm cause that the sequel is coming out this year. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the to be announced games. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
so those are the those are the PlayStation games in terms of Nintendo games. We've got uh, Bayonetta three, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, Splatoon three, Mario and Rabbit Spark of Hope, Breath of the Wild two potentially, uh, Rune Factory five, Triangle Strategy we talked about, Advance War one and two reboot camp. Uh, that that's um, just like a re release though. Um, thoughts on any of those? I mean, I'm gonna play the hell out of Kirby in the Forgotten Land probably. Um, uh, I gotta say, not super 2, excited obviously. by a lot of those games. Um. However, I, I think Nintendo is that company who will throw something out there that's going to be quality that we're not thinking of now. Like Metroid Dread. Yeah, The exactly. Hitbox 2021 Game of the Year. Wild. Both you Wild. and I agreed it was the fourth and third best game, however. <laughs> however, in terms of general quality, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I agree. But I don't look at this list. I'm not excited. I will probably play Splatoon 3 um, with an asterisk. I hope, like, they have an... Like, they could do so much with Splatoon, I think. Um, and I, I just hope it's not just a multiplayer shooter. Yeah, I know what you mean. It seemed like they were interested in exploring more of like a story. Yeah. In that one uh, direct. The Octopath. Octa. Octa. Yeah. Whatever. Octa, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Because they, they had like, someone come out like in a lab coat too and do a little bit of storytelling, which I thought was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, so but ultimately, I agree. it was just, like, environmental puzzle things that you had to do. But, like, even, like, mm-hmm. an open-world kind of exploring game. Like, I just played this great game called Trickery. Have you heard of it? I am familiar, yes. And literally, like, you paint you get that whole world. power, don't you? What? You you get, like, that Splatoon power, though, yeah, don't you, yeah, at a certain you, point, that, too? Why didn't I think? It, yeah, per, yeah, it's, like, Splatoon kind of thing. But, like, you paint that world back to life. And if you could do that in Splatoon, yeah. that would be really cool to do in, like, a single-player kind of, like, open-worldy exploratory game. But, um... I doubt they'll do that. <laughs> uh, probably not. I mean, I think we would have heard about that by now. Plus, it's, you know, the focus is that multiplayer shooter, um, which, like I said, I thought might be their live service game, but I think the Mario Kart one makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, in terms of Xbox, they have, you know, we talked about Tunic, we talked about Crossfire X, um, Redfall, which we didn't mention, but that, I think they said summer of this year, which... Mm-hmm. That's, you know, Arcane. I have no idea what that game is going to be because they didn't really talk about it other than co-op vampire shooter, which is kind of cool. I'll I'll be curious to see how much... It's not the same Arcane studio that developed Dishonored, Prey, and uh, uh, Deathloop. So it's the other one that they have. So I'll be interested to see, like, what exactly goes into that game Um, because they, you know, typically make those immersive sims um, and not multiplayer shooters, but... We'll see. And then you got Somerville, which looks really cool. That's by the people who made uh, Inside and Limbo and, and stuff like that. Uh, that's sort of it for them at the moment, I think. That's been, like, officially announced. Yeah, it doesn't look like as strong of a year for Xbox this year necessarily. Um, but that's just kind of like a me thing. I mean, if ultimately Starfield is awesome, doesn't matter. Like, still, that'll be a good year for, for Xbox to get that yeah. exclusive coming out right during the holiday season. So um, I think the potential of Sony looks like a good year. However, I don't think there's so little dates. There's so few dates this year. (laughs) Yeah. Like I would say like a lot of those games are probably going to get pushed back. Um, Another thing we talked about, um, we didn't talk about, uh, but a Sony exclusive that I'm excited about um, is Moss book two. Um, oh that's yeah, the that's VR the VR game. one. Yeah. Highly enjoyed the first Moss. Um, uh, it reminded me a lot of. Did you ever read the Redwall series? The Brian Jakes. Uh no. 
it's like basically this kind of like uh, um, like uh, medieval world, but with instead of like humans, it's all like talking mice and rabbits and like the bad oh, guy Fun. in the first one is this evil rat named Clooney the Scourge. Mm. Um, and like one of the things you have to do as like the uh, the mouse hero. I say you like it's a video game. One of the things the mouse hero had to do was get this awesome sword from this like legendary mouse warrior, and he had to fight this giant snake named Osmodeus. So he like goes under this thing and like does this awesome like battle with this snake, and it's very much like Masso. Not only did was Moss a fun game, it took me back to those books that I read when I was a kid. Um, so I'm just super excited to get back into this world. It ends in such a cool place. So I'm I'm Dang. one of my most anticipated games of this I'm- year. Excited to hear about that. Uh, what you, what what games do you think are not going to make it this year? Because <laughs> uh, I would say, like, just off the top of my head, God of War Ragnarok seems like it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think I, you Breath know, of the uh, Wild too. You think that's going to happen this year or, or no? See, I don't. I really don't know. Like, I think. I, I don't think we're going to get both Bayonetta 3 and Breath of the Wild 2. Um, I If you remember, Breath of the Wild was one of those games that kept being pushed back when it was first yeah. like announced and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they're not, they don't want to mess that game up. And I think they want to release the best version of that game. Um, Will I be disappointed if it doesn't come out? I think Nintendo fans will be if they don't come out with something else this year. Right. But, I mean, yeah, I, 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 if I were a betting man, I would say I would bet money on it coming out. But I wouldn't be confident with that bet. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think Redfall might get to... Le- I mean, just we know nothing about it, and it's supposedly... Like six months, because they said I think summer or like mm-hmm. Q2 or something like that, uh, and we we nothing like literally nothing about this game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that gets delayed. Part of me, and I know we talked about this, I think when it was announced, like the release date was announced. Uh, part of me feels like Starfield could get delayed, but because they called that shot so early, you know, over a year ahead of time, I think that that date might be kind of solid for them. I think it's yeah, good to have a I, flexible release date, but. Yeah, you know, they I, I, I would trust ever. Microsoft not to push that out. They would not have released that date unless they were for certain it would come right, out. That's what I mean. Because boy, would that be egg on their face? And they, I, 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 they will do it if it is needed to be done. But why would you force your hand and put that date out if you weren't one hundred percent confident it would be done by then? And uh, I think that they are sort of on their last leg in terms, or like last strike in terms of quality for releases. Uh, like especially at right at launch, you look at Fallout Four had a tr- tragic launch. Fallout seventy six had a really bad launch. Yep. Uh, before that, I mean, was that Skyrim? Probably, I think that had a really rocky technical launch. Um, so I think that people are sort of on thin ice with with big studios doing that, especially after Cyberpunk, right? So i would i would be surprised if they were to release that game and for it to be super broken because of all of that that said it would also be on brand but i think that the fallout from that no pun intended would be uh bigger than it has been in the past hey i have a game that i'm I'm pretty confident will be delayed um yeah what up uh abandoned (laughs) 
Uh, that's going to see a delay at least, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. we'll probably, we might get the real time experience app this year. We might. Who knows? Who uh, but I'm pretty sure. Knows? Uh, what are your thoughts about um, uh, Gotham Knights and the Suicide Squad game? Are you interested in playing those? Do you think they will come out? Do you think one will come out and not the other? I have no thoughts. I have no interest. I mean, like, I'll play them, I guess, if they're good and people are like, you got to play this. But I'm not really a DC person. Suicide Squad is a fun idea, but I don't really like any of the characters that are in it. Um, I have no affinity for Batman. So for the Gotham Knights, I know you're more into those games than I am. But yeah, no thoughts, really. Um, what about um, uh, what is that uh, the other that other Marvel game that's coming out? Uh, the Midnight Suns game. Remember that? Oh no, thank you. That <laughs> no, banger. No, thank you. Because that's like a card game. It's like a tactics card game, which is not. Oh, you really said my all thing. my favorite words right there. I know. I know. It's... You know me. Tactics, card games. Are you a card game guy? No. Not at all. I really still, I like, that's the, the, uh, uh, what's that one card game that came out, uh, in 2021 inscription? that everyone, yeah, Inscription. Like, I don't, you could tell me that game, like, cures every infectious disease out there. I will, I don't think I'd play it if it was a card game. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I know what you mean. <laughs> you're a, you're a COVID-19 truther is what you are. You, you won't, and I know, like, we've sort of, you know, danced around it in the past, but, like, something interesting about you is you don't think it's real and you would not get the, um, I had, to, I had to goad you into getting the vaccine. You did. You did. You tricked I me. Did. I you tricked said, you. You said. I said, hey, does this hurt? And then I stabbed you with a needle. <laughs> it's like, right. You didn't have to do it in my heart. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? I mean, I think we've hit all the ones that I'm looking forward to. Were you a Prince of Persia fan? Um. I've played it, the original. I've played the remake one too with Nolan North, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure that remake will be fine. Uh, I, I don't know if it's going to blow the world apart like other remakes have, because I mean, f- from my knowledge, they're making a pretty faithful remake. But uh, you know, if you just update some of those mechanics a little bit, I think you should be should be pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's. I- who knows? I, I, I look at this list of names. A lot of them just kind of blend together to me. Um, yeah. But I feel like I would have looked at last year's list the same way. And last right. year turned out to be awesome. Yeah. Um, so I, I have faith that we'll have some good games this year. Um, I think you just tell me that, uh, you know, we got a Starfield coming out. Um, we got a couple other games coming out. I will be happy with video games this year. Um, but overall, I think potentially Sony has the biggest chance of having a good year, but also a bigger chance of delaying to disappointment. High risk, high reward for them, right? Nintendo has the biggest chance of surprising us. Yep. And Microsoft is just going to be what Microsoft is. I think it's going to, it's the most reliably good, right? Cause I mean, all this is coming to game pass. Uh, yeah, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and like which just means like oh i'll be able to try all of these if i if i want to yeah that's that's pretty excellent um it, they might not have the number of titles that are going to blow me away but i mean if you just reliably put those games out then you're it's going to be in good shape yeah yeah so 2022 
What a year, you know? Can't, what a year already. Uh, man, I can't believe my game of the year was the medium two. I can't believe that came out. Uh, you know what? It's interesting that you called it the medium two because, like, I thought it was weird that they called it the large and just, like, assumed that people would know. Because they had, it was the large, in parentheses, the medium two. Um, I just thought it was a little on the nose. Uh, and, you know, people just sort of called it the medium two. So, yeah, uh, that it's DL- almost like. Yeah, that, that DLK, the smalls, that was also good. I, I didn't, I DLK? wasn't expecting that. Yeah, DLK. Okay, that's <laughs> downloadable content with a K. Because it's, it's like Russian. <laughs> the makers of Mortal Kombat comes the medium <laughs> oh, there prequel you go, the medium two. DLC. Yeah. Hey, we're talking about the medium too much, so I think that means it's time to end the show. Thank Never. you so much for listening to our podcast, Hitbox, a podcast that speaks to the gaming enthusiasts and all of us. Uh, if you're interested in continuing the conversation about the games that are coming out in 2022 or talking to us about Dying Light 2, PlayStation VR 2, E3 2, um, you can let us know. You can tweet at us or send us a message on Twitter at HitboxPod. You can also send us an email at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts. You're probably listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever your podcatcher of choices. And if you are, which is how you'd be listening, um, go ahead and uh, give us a review. Give us a follow. That would mean a lot to us, and it would be very, very cool of you. Justin, am I forgetting anything? Do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, if if you think there's a game on this list that that we should play or look at or think about that uh, we might have missed because it just looks like another video game titled game, uh, let us know. I'd be super interested. Yeah. Um, I, I could be very negative, but I'm always willing to try new video games. I would say that that's one of our best qualities here on Hitbox is that we like playing video games. Yeah. Specifically uh, strategy card games. Y- yeah. Uh... That have car focuses in them. We can send that. You send those to Justin, and he can report back to me. I'll yeah. stick to my third person. Oh, speaking of games, games that I would never much. expect, have you have you have you gotten a Wordle? That Wordle? No, I've game? seen this on Twitter, but um, I have not gotten into it yet. Are you? Have you bitten by been bit by the Wordle bug? Turns out it's just a guessing game. <laughs> yeah, it's Mastermind, isn't it? It's Not Mastermind, really a, but with words. Yeah, I, there have been like three days in a row. I've gotten like the last four letters, and I've just gotten the wrong first letter. Um, so unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. I also downloaded a game called Wordle, like an app on my phone, because I thought that's what everyone was playing, and I was like, "This game Is it not? sucks. It's not. <laughs> that's awesome. it's not. That's really funny." So, well, hey, uh, I will be interested to hear more about Wordle then the n- n- next week. Until then, we will catch you next time. Always remember, old games are old. Later. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>